New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Margaret Barkley. She's an award-winning poet and the author of a book of poems, Ribs. I'm speaking with Margaret Barkley at her home by remote connection. Welcome, Margaret, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thanks for having me, Justine. I'm glad to be here. It's my pleasure. Margaret, I want to ask you, how has poetry enhanced your life, and how did you have the courage to write and publish your own poetry? (laughs) Poetry has enhanced my life by giving me a voice for things that are hard to find words for, and poetry is an outlet, and it's satisfying and illuminating for me to find words for feelings and observations and insights that come to me. The courage to put a book together came, it takes a village, really, Justine, and it came from a couple of writing groups that I'm in that really encouraged me a lot. One person in one of the groups encouraged me with sort of a foot on my rear end and really pushed me into it. And I found that with a little bit of a nudge, I actually had plenty of poems to pull together. And after procrastinating for quite a while, it's really satisfying to finally have a book out in the world. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you have done that, that you were pushed or kicked in the rear, so to speak, as you said. (laughs) Yeah. And so I know one of the poems that maybe relates to this is a poem, I Will Listen, and This really, for me, has to do with how we converse with one another and how we receive one another more completely. And I'd love for you to share that particular poem with our listeners. Sure. I will listen to you ramble on about what you did and what you need to do, how your work is going, who does your hair, and what you had for dinner just to get to the heart of it, the thing that makes you sing and crow or wail and writhe, the story that haunts you when no one is looking, the memory that mists your eyes, the longing that could kill you all by itself. I will wade through used tissues. I will offer up my body to be misted with gossip. I will laugh at your jokes. I will hold a sign that says I will work for food and wait a hundred years until you look me in the eye and tell me something real. That is so magnificent. And I must say that this, I think, is a concluding poem in your book. It is, yes. I just feel like you captured something there, Margaret, about how when we listen and we keep listening to another that beyond you know you know how are you and they say right. oh i'm doing my work or you know i just found this new you say uh, who does your hair and what you had for dinner <laughs> i'm reminded of all the instagrams of all these plates of right. food and everything and in that you really captured 
how when we hang in there and we keep listening without judgment, but just with that kind of curiosity and that willingness to you say, I will hold a sign that says I will work for food and wait a hundred years. <laughs> then you hear something authentic. And when someone feels that presence by us and starts to share the grief or the joys or whatever it is that they share that so authentic, it's such a magnificent moment between human beings. Yes, it is. When I'm with others in gatherings, I'm one of the people that will say, but how are you really? And try to get it to drop down a layer from small talk. And you're right, people drop in and it's a moment of real connection then, even in the grocery store. Exactly. It also reminds me of how poetry can bring to mind those small things that we just rush through our lives. I mean, when you mentioned the grocery store, and I'm just reminded of a, a moment that I had in a grocery store where a woman was in that line that said 10 items or less, and she had a whole cart full. <laughs> yeah. And I was noticing that the line wasn't moving, and I looked up, and there she was, you know, and there was a young boy at the checkout stand, and he was checking her out really, really patiently. He didn't ask her to move and take all her stuff and go to another line. And when I got up to the cash register and he put my items in a bag, he, he looked up and he said, we will all be there someday. Oh, oh. And your heart just broke open, didn't it? Margaret, it broke open, and that was a poem. <laughs> when he said that, and when it came out of a young man's mouth, it was even more powerful that he could recognize that birth and death and inevitability of life that you really mention in this poem. And he looked you in the eye, and he told you something real. And Justine, I hope you write that down. That is a poem. You know, I did write that story down as prose, which reminds uh -huh. me, what, what is the difference? And I, I hadn't <laughs> thought about putting that in a poem. Thank you for challenging me. What is the difference between prose and poetry? Well, this is another debate that we have in my poetry critique group, because some poems even though they're in the form of a poem, sort of read like a story. And I think the fundamental difference for a poem is that it says more with fewer words, that it doesn't have all the connective tissue that makes prose writing. He said, then she said, it's just enough words to capture the feeling and the intent of the poem. And you kind of know it when you see it. Sometimes it's there's some gray areas there that we debate about in our group, but essentially it's, it's saying the important thoughts or feelings in few words without a lot of extra. 
Well said. And and thank you for challenging me. I mean, my mind is spinning about, <laughs> oh, I want to rewrite that now, not as prose, but as a poem, see if I can maybe even convey more powerfully in, maybe. in poem than just he said, and then this happened, and then the line, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that would be great. I do want for you to share one other wonderful poem. Many of your poems will talk about the inevitability of life and how it moves along and and someday we'll all die. But, you know, what what are we doing, as Mary Oliver would say, with this one precious life that we have? This is a poem called Personal Effects. Yeah, this one is another one that is speaking about a very serious subject in a pretty quirky way, I think. Personal Effects. You may not want to think about this, but I'm telling you anyway. After you die, someone else will wear your shoes. Your body will turn into something else, air or leaf mold or forest loam. But all of your things, the belongings you've collected carefully or accidentally, things you use every day that make your life look like yours, will be redistributed. If they're lucky, it won't be to the dump. Your favorite pen, your dish towels, the mess on your desk, specific personal files with labels, your underwear, even the ragged ones, tire gauge, blender, carefully coordinated throw pillows, and the stretched out sweats you always wear. People will go through your rooms, trying on your clothes and old hats, incredulous at your disorganization, or wondering what possessed you to keep that thing. She will pick a vase and a leather jacket, he will want your ratchet set, and they will give all of your shoes to the woman with narrow feet and fill boxes and bags for charity. People will cry over it, tell stories about you, what they loved, and the quirks that drove them crazy. And then, like a flock of birds surprised into flight, your things will swirl to land in new places, and something else will be what's left of you. It just, uh, for me, really <laughs> captured something as I look around my small right. apartment and how it's just filled with my stuff. And as I'm older and thinking about, okay, people going through my stuff <laughs> and where it's all going to end up, I love the idea, if they're lucky, it won't be to the dump. <laughs> and that was right. great. So tell me how this poem came to you, Margaret. It actually came to me because a friend of a friend passed away, and she had very narrow feet, and I have very narrow feet, and I ended up with some of her shoes. And it just, one thing led to another. Like, we don't want to think about the fact that somebody else is going to wear our shoes someday. But it's the way it is. And I'm kind of delighted by the fact that uh, I have some really nice shoes, and some of them I haven't <laughs> worn in a long, long time, and they're practically right. new, and they're still sitting in shoe boxes on the top shelf of my closet. And I just love it, that impermanence of life. 
and how poetry can actually help us to really, really get in touch with something beyond all the swirling news that's always coming at us, you know, Mm -hmm. just relentlessly coming at us and causing us to want to just shut it down for a while. And poetry can just stop us in our tracks, I believe, and take a moment to be more present. I think that that's, for me, what poetry does. Can you say, as we conclude, how poetry can tap into suffering and yet joy at the same time, the paradox that poetry can help us hold as we go through life. Sure. For some reason, the phrase that just came through my head is holy clown, that poetry can somehow make us see the holiness and the humor and the suffering and the joy and the delight all at once, both in writing it and finding a voice for that and in reading it when it touches us that way. If we can laugh at the fact that somebody else is going to wear our shoes and feel touched by that both, I think that's important and worthwhile. Wonderful, wonderful. Margaret, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today on the New Dimensions Cafe And I want to remind our listeners that I have been speaking with an award-winning poet and author of a book of poems, Margaret Barclay, and her book of poems is entitled Ribs, R-I-B-S, Ribs, which uh, she has shared that so many of us have ribs that hold our heart. And Margaret Barclay, if you want to know more about her work, you can reach her at margaretbarclay.com. And she spells her last name B-A-R-K-L-E-Y, margaretbarclay.com. You can also get to her website through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Thompson. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.